0: chapter fourteen of our friend the charlatan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. our friend the charlatan by george gissing chapter fourteen having an imperious will and an intelligence merely practical it was natural for lady ogram to imagine that even as she imposed her authority on others in outward things so had she sway over their minds what she willed that others should think that she took for granted they thought seeing herself as an entirely beneficent potentate unable to distinguish for a moment between her arbitrary impulses and the well-meaning motives which often directed her she assumed as perfectly natural that all within her sphere of action must regard her with grateful submissiveness so for example having decided that a marriage between dyce lashmar and constance bride would be a very good thing for both and proposing large generosity towards them when it should have come about she found it very difficult to conceive that either of her young friends could take any other view of the matter when observation obliged her to doubt the correctness of her first impressions she grew only the more determined that things should be as she wished since the coming of may tomalin a new reason or rather emotion fortified her resolve seeing a possibility even a likelihood that may and lashmar might attract each other and having very definite views with regard to her niece she was impatient for a declared betrothal of constance and the aspiring politician their mutual aloofness irritated her more than she allowed to be seen and the moment approached when she could no longer endure such playing with her serious purposes she knew that she had committed an imprudence in coming to london and entering however moderately into the excitements of the season a day or two sufficed to prove the danger she was incurring but she refused to take count of symptoms with a weakness which did not like its pathos she had for the first time in her life put what she called a touch of colour on to her cheeks and the result so pleased her that she all but forgot the artificiality of this late bloom each morning when her maid had performed the office she viewed herself with satisfaction and was even heard to remark that london evidently did her good lady ogram tried to believe that even age and disease were amenable to her control she consulted doctors for the form behaving with cold civility during their visit and scornfully satirizing them when they were gone none the less did she entertain friends at luncheon or dinner and often talked to them as if years of activity and enjoyment lay before her wonderful old lady was the remark of most who left her presence but some exchanged glances and let fall ominous words on the evening when may and constance were at the crush in pont street she would not go to bed but lay on a couch in her chamber occasionally dozing more often wide awake and quivering with the agitation of her mind it was one o'clock when the girls returned but she had given orders that miss tomalin should at once come to see her and may flushed resplendent entered the dimly lighted room well have you enjoyed yourself the voice was a shock to may's ears after those to which she had been listening it sounded sepulchral very much indeed a delightful time no token of affection had a place in their greeting the old autocrat could not bring herself to offer or ask for tenderness but in her eyes always expressive of admiration when she looked at may might have been read something like hunger of the heart sit down my dear even this form of address was exceptional tell me all about it who was there hundreds of people i can't remember half of those i was introduced to lord dymchurch ha lord dymchurch came and you had a talk with him oh yes i find he takes a great interest in old english and we talked about chaucer and so on for a long time he isn't quite so well up in it as i am i put him right on one or two points and he seemed quite grateful he's very nice isn't he there's something so quiet and good-natured about him i thought perhaps he would have offered to take me down to supper but he didn't perhaps he didn't think of it i fancy he's rather absent-minded lady ogram knitted her brows who did go down with you she asked oh mr lashmar he was very amusing then i talked with wait a minute did you only have one talk with lord dimchurch only one he doesn't care for at homes mrs toplady says he hardly ever goes anywhere and she fancies may laughed lightly that he came to-night only because i was going to be there do you think it likely aunt why i don't think it impossible replied lady ogram in a tone of relief i've known more unlikely things and suppose it were true oh it's very complimentary of course the old eyes dwelt upon the young face and with a puzzled expression notwithstanding her own character it was difficult for lady ogram to imagine that the girl seriously regarded herself as superior to lord Dimchurch. perhaps it's more than a compliment she said in rather a mumbling voice and she added with an effort to speak distinctly i suppose you didn't tire him with that talk about old english tire him may exclaim why he was delighted but he seems to have been satisfied with the one talk oh he went away because mr lashmar came up that was all he's very modest perhaps he thought he oughtn't to prevent me from talking to other people lady ogram looked annoyed and worried if i were you may i shouldn't talk about old english next time you see lord dymchurch men don't care to find themselves at school in a drawing-room i assure you aunt that is not my only subject of conversation replied may amused and dignified and i'm perfectly certain that it was just the thing for lord dymchurch he has a serious mind and i like him to know that mine is the same that's all right of course i dare say you know best what pleases him and i think it very probable indeed may that he went to pont street just in the hope of meeting you perhaps so may smiled and seemed to take the thing as very natural whereupon lady ogram again looked puzzled well go to bed may i'm very glad lord dymchurch was there very glad go to bed and sleep as late as you like i'm glad you've enjoyed yourself and i'm very glad lord dymchurch was there very the voice had become so senile so indistinct that may could hardly catch what it said she lightly kissed her aunt's cheek a ceremony that passed between them only when decorum seemed to demand it and left the room on the following morning dyce lashmar received a telegram couched thus please call at bunting's hotel at three this afternoon in order to respond to this summons he had to break an engagement but he did it willingly around the hotel in albemarle street circled all his thoughts and he desired nothing more than to direct his steps thither arriving with perfect punctuality he was shown into lady ogram's drawing-room and found lady ogram alone artificial complexion notwithstanding the stern old visage wore to-day a look as of nature all but spent at lashmar's entrance his hostess did not move sunk together in her chair head drooping forward she viewed him from under her eyebrows even to give her hand when he stood before her seemed almost too great an effort and the shrivelled lips scarce made audible her bidding that he should be seated you are well i hope said dyce feeling uncomfortable but affecting to see nothing unusual in the face before him lady ogram nodded impatiently there was a moment's silence then turning her gaze upon him she said abruptly in a harsh croak what are you waiting for lashmar felt a cold touch along his spine he thought the ghastly old woman had lost her senses that she was either mad or delirious yet her gaze had nothing wild on the contrary it searched him with all the wonted keenness waiting i'm afraid i don't understand why haven't you done what you know i wish pursued the untuneful voice now better controlled i'm speaking of constance bride relieved on one side dyce fell into trouble on the other to tell you the truth lady ogram he answered with his air of utmost candour i have found no encouragement to take the step of which you are thinking i am afraid i know only too well what the result would be you know nothing about it lady ogram moved as always a hint of opposition increased her force she was suffering acute physical pain which appeared in every line of her face and in the rigid muscles of her arms as she supported herself on the arms of the chair answer me this she went on and her utterance had something which told of those far-off days before education and refined society had softened her tongue will you see miss bride this afternoon and make her an offer of marriage are you willing just answer me yes or no dyce replied mechanically and smiled as he replied i am quite willing lady ogram i only wish i could feel assured that miss bride he was rudely interrupted don't talk but listen to me for a moment the lips went on moving yet gave no sound then words came again i've told you once already about constance what i think of her and what i intend for her i needn't go over all that again as for you i think i've given proof that i wish you well i was led to it at first because i saw that constance liked you now i wish you well for your own sake and you may trust me to do what i can to help you on but till a man is married no one can say what he'll make of his life you've plenty of brains more than most men but i don't think you've got too much of what i call backbone if you make a fool of yourself as most men do in marriage it's all up with you i want to see you safe go where you will you'll find no better wife better in every way for you than constance bride you want a woman with plenty of common sense as well as uncommon ability the kind of woman that'll keep you going steadily up up. Do you understand me the effort with which she spoke was terrible her face began to shine with moisture and her mouth seemed to be parched lashmar must have been of much sterner stuff for these vehement and rough-cut sentences to make no impression upon him he was held by the dark fierce eye and felt in his heart that he had heard truths and mind this continued lady ogram leaning towards him constance's marriage alters nothing in what i had planned for her before i knew you she'll have her duties quite apart from your interests and all you aim at i know her i'm not afraid to trust her even when she's married she's honest and that's what can be said of few women this morning i had a talk with her she knows now the responsibility i want her to undertake and she isn't afraid of it i said nothing to her about you not a word but when you speak to her she'll understand what was in my mind so let us get things settled and have no more bother about it on saturday it was three days hence i go back to rivenoak i've enough of london i want to be quiet you are to come down with us you've business at hollingford on the twentieth and you ought to see more of the hollingford people whatever lady ogram had proposed or rather dictated dyce would have agreed to he was under the authority of her eye and voice the prospect of being down at rivenoak and there of necessity living in daily communication with may tomalin helped him to disregard the other features of his position he gave a cheerful assent now go away for half an hour said lady ogram then come back and ask for miss bright and you'll find her here she was at the end of her strength and could barely make the last words audible dyce pressed her hand silently and withdrew after the imposed interval he returned from a ramble in piccadilly where he had seen nothing and was conducted again to the drawing-room there constance sat reading she was perfectly calm entiling herself and as lashmar entered she looked up with the usual smile have you been out this afternoon he began by asking yes why you went on business of lady ogram's yes why dyce gave no answer he laid aside his hat and stick sat down not far from constance and looked at her steadily i have something rather odd to say to you as we are both rational persons i shall talk quite freely and explain to you exactly the position in which i find myself it's a queer position to say the least when i was at rivenoak on the last day of my visit lady ogram had a confidential talk with me your name came prominently into it and i went away with certain vague impressions which have kept me ever since in a good deal of uneasiness this afternoon i have had another private conversation with lady ogram again your name had a prominent part in it and this time there was no vagueness whatever in the communication made to me i was bidden in plain terms to make you an offer of marriage constance drooped her eyes but gave no other sign of disturbance now resumed dyce leaning forward with hands clasped between his knees before i say anything more about this matter as it concerns you i'd better tell you what i think about our friend i feel pretty sure that she has a very short time to live it wouldn't surprise me if it were a question of days but in any case i am convinced she won't live for a month what is your opinion i fancy you are right answered the other gravely if so this rather grotesque situation becomes more manageable it is fortunate that you and i know each other so well and have the habit of straightforward speech i may assume no doubt that from the very first our friendship was misinterpreted by lady ogram reasonable relations between man and woman are so very rare and in this case the observer was no very acute psychologist i feel sure she is actuated by the kindest motives but what seems to her my inexplicable delay has been too much for her temper and at last there was nothing for it but to deal roundly with me one may suspect too that she feels she has not much time to spare having made up her mind that we are to marry she wants to see the thing settled looking at it philosophically i suppose one may admit that her views and her behaviour are intelligible meanwhile you and i find ourselves in a very awkward position we must talk it over don't you think quite simply and decide what is best to do constance listened her eyes conning the carpet there was silence for a minute then she spoke what did lady ogram tell you about me she repeated in vague terms something she had already said at rivenoak it seems that you are to undertake some great responsibility to receive some proof of her confidence which will affect all the rest of your life more than that i don't know but i understand that there has been a conversation between you in which everything was fully explained constance nodded after a moment's reflection she raised her eyes to lashmar's and intently regarded him her expression was one of anxiety severely controlled you shall know what that responsibility is she said with a just perceptible tremor in her voice lady rogram like a good many other people nowadays has more money than she knows what to do with for many years i think she has been troubled by a feeling that a woman rich as she ought to make some extraordinary use of her riches ought to set an example in short to the wealthy world but she never could discover the best way of doing this she has an independent mind and likes to strike out ways for herself ordinary charities didn't satisfy her to tell the truth she wanted not only to do substantial good but to do it in a way which should perpetuate her name cause her to be more talked about after her death than she has been in her lifetime time went on and she still could hit upon nothing brilliant all she had decided was to build and endow a great hospital at hollingford to be called by her name and this for several reasons she kept postponing then came her acquaintance with me you know the story she was troubling about the decay of the village and trying to hit on remedies well i had the good luck to suggest the paper-mill and it was a success and lady Ogram at once had a great opinion of me from that day she tells me the thought grew in her mind that instead of devoting all her wealth by will to definite purposes she would leave a certain portion of it to me to be used by me for purposes of public good i in short constance smiled nervously was to be sole and uncontrolled trustee of a great fund which would be used after her death just as it might have been had she gone on living the idea is rather fine it seems to me it could only have originated in a mind capable of very generous thought generous in every sense of the word it implied remarkable confidence such as few people especially few women are capable of it strikes me as rather pathetic too the feeling that she would continue to live in another being not a mere inheritor of her money but a true representative of her mind thinking and acting as she would do always consulting her memory desiring her approval do you see what i mean of course i do answered dyce meditatively yes it's fine it increases my respect for our friend i have always respected her said constance and i am sorry now that i did not respect her more often she has irritated me and in bad temper i have spoken thoughtlessly i remember that letter i wrote you before you first came to rivenoak it was silly and i am afraid rather vulgar nothing of the kind interposed lashmar it was very clever you couldn't be vulgar if you tried have you the letter still of course i have then do me the kindness to destroy it will you if you wish i do seriously burn the thing as soon as you get home very well they avoided each other's look and there was a rather long pause i'll go on with my story said constance in a voice still under studious control all this happened when lady ogram thought she had no living relative one fine day mr Kerchever came down with news of miss tomalin and straightway the world was altered lady ogram had a natural heiress and one in whom she delighted everything had to be reconsidered the great hospital became a dream she wanted may tomalin to be rich very rich to marry brilliantly i have always suspected that lady ogram looked upon her life as a sort of revenge on the aristocratic class for the poverty and ignorance of her own people did anything of the kind ever occur to you was her family really mean every one says so mrs gallantry tells me that our illustrious m p has made laborious searches hoping to prove something scandalous of course she tells it as a proof of mr robb's unscrupulous hatred of lady ogram i dare say the truth is that she came of a low class at all events miss tomlin who represents the family in a progressive stage is to establish its glory for ever one understands it's very human lashmar wore the top lady smile it never occurred to our friend he said that her niece might undertake the great trust instead of you she has spoken to me quite frankly about that the trust cannot be so great as it would have been but it remains with me miss tomalin it may be hoped will play not quite an ordinary part in the fashionable world she has ideas of her own and the voice was modulated some faith in herself but my position is different and perhaps my mind lady Ogram assures me that her faith in me and her hopes have suffered no change for one thing the mill is to become my property then she hesitated and her eyes passed over the listener's face lashmar was very attentive there's no need to go into details she added quickly lady ogram told me everything saying she felt that the time had come for doing so and i accepted the trust without knowing however said dyce the not unimportant condition which her mind attached to it there was no condition expressed or observed constance's tone had become hard again her eyes were averted her lips set in their firmest lines are you quite sure of that quite was the decisive reply how do you reconcile that with what has passed to-day between lady ogram and me it was between lady ogram and you said constance subduing her voice i see you mean that i alone am concerned that your position will in no case be affected yes i mean that answered constance quietly lashmar thought for a moment then moved on his chair and spoke in a low tone which seemed addressed to his hearer's sympathy perhaps you are right probably you are but there is one thing of which i feel every assurance if it becomes plain that her project must come to nothing lady ogram's interest in me is at an end i may say good-bye to hollingford you are mistaken replied constance in a voice almost of indifference well the question will soon be decided flashmar seemed to submit himself to the inevitable i shall write to lady ogram telling her the result of our conversation we shall see how she takes it he moved as if about to rise but only turned his chair slightly aside constance was regarding him from under her brows she spoke in her most businesslike tone it was this that you came to tell me why no it wasn't that at all what had you in mind then i was going to ask you if you would marry me or rather if you would promise to or rather if you would make believe to marry me i thought that under the circumstances it was a justifiable thing to do for i fancied your future as well as mine was at stake seeing our friend's condition it appeared to me that a formal engagement between us would be a kindness to her and involve no serious consequences for us but the case is altered you being secure against lady ogram's displeasure i have of course no right to ask you to take a part in such a proceeding which naturally you would feel to be unworthy of you all i have to do is to thank you for your efforts on my behalf who knows i may hold my own at hollingford but at rivenoak it's all over with me he stood up and assumed an attitude of resigned dignity smiling to himself but constance kept her seat her eyes on the ground i believe you were going down on saturday she said so it was arranged well i mustn't stay constance rose and he offered his hand between us it makes no difference i hope said dyce with an emphasized effort of cheeriness unless you think me a paltry fellow ready to do anything to get on i don't think that replied constance quietly but you feel that what i was going to ask would have been rather a severe test of friendship under the circumstances i could have pardoned you but you wouldn't have got beyond forgiveness constance smiled coldly her look wandering. how can i tell but-oh never mind good-bye for the present he pressed her hand again and turned away before he had reached the door constance's voice arrested him mr lashmar he looked at her as if with disinterested inquiry think well before you take any irreparable step it would be a pity dyce moved towards her again why what choice have i the position is impossible if you hadn't said those unlucky words about being so sure-i don't see that they make the slightest difference answered constance her eyebrows raised if you had intended a genuine offer of marriage yes perhaps but as all you meant was to ask me to save the situation with no harm to anybody and the certainty of giving great pleasure to our friend you see it in that light cried lashmar flinging away his hat you really think i should be justified you are not offended i credit myself with a certain measure of common sense answered constance then you will allow me to tell lady ogram that there is an engagement you may tell her so if you like he seized her hand and pressed his lips upon it but scarce had he done so when constance drew it brusquely away there is no need to play our comedy in private she said with cold reproof and i hope that at all times you will use the discretion that is owing to me if i don't i shall deserve to fall into worse difficulties than ever cried lashmar as for instance to find yourself under the necessity of making your mock contract a real one which would be sufficiently tragic constance spoke with a laugh and thereupon before dyce could make any rejoinder walked from the room the philosopher stood embarrassed what did she mean by that he asked himself he had never felt on very solid ground in his dealings with constance had never felt sure in his reading of her character his interpretation of her ways and looks and speeches an odd thing that he should have been betrayed by his sense of triumphant diplomacy into that foolish excess and to remember that it was the second such indiscretion though this time happily not so compromising as his youthful extravagance at alverholme what of lady ogram feeling that her end drew near called for their speedy marriage was it the thought of such possibility that has supplied constance with her sharp-edged jest if she could laugh the risk did not seem to her very dreadful and to him he could not make up his mind on the point end of chapter 14